everyone, and welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and nerds sit down and talk about where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And that was pretty consistent. Pretty consistent, yeah. In the fact that it wasn't consistent. <laughs> Never know what I'm going to get. <laughs> what episode is this? This is episode 38 wow. of the Geek Down Podcast. 38. If you're coming to us new and you want to get caught up, there are so many ways you can do that. So many. Really, two. SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. Give us a follow on there. You'll get a notification every time a new episode goes live as well. iTunes, top right corner, hit subscribe. New episodes to your device whenever they are delivered. That is so easy. So easy. And hey, while you're getting caught up, leave us a little four or five star rating there on the old iTunes review page. That would be great. Or a sentence or two about how you enjoy the program. That would also be great. We would love that. There are other ways to listen to the show, but I don't even really know how they work, so... If you're on Stitcher, have at it. We're on there. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so there are ways. Just Google us. The ways are there. How was your week, Caitlin? Uh, it's been uh, eh. Eh. I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I correspond with the weather. <laughs> and as kinda, I, kinda as I look out my window, yes, uh, fall has definitely arrived to Toronto. We were dodging it for a while there. Well, last year, I remember it was November 5th. And I was outside in my bare feet. That's how warm it was. And today I'm wearing a pea coat and a sweater and a long sleeve shirt and a scarf. And I was freezing. Yeah, I'm trying not to dig out my like pea coat from the tote under my bed where winter storage items go. But I don't know how much longer I can dodge that. I may leave for work tonight in like a fall jacket and be very upset. Yeah, it's it's cold. It is not helping matters for you is your ongoing um, battle royale with the Toronto Transit Commission. <laughs> well, it wasn't even just the Toronto, Toronto Transit Commission. Today it was the GO bus and the lady driving the GO bus who was, excuse my language, a bitch. Take that, GO Transit. She Well, I got on the train. Or, sorry, I got on the bus. 16 bus going to Union. All of a sudden, we're at Eldershot. And everyone's getting off the bus. And so I get off the bus and I go, hey, sorry, what's why, why are we stopped at Eldershot? And she says, oh, well, the gardener's closed. Need to fill in for other people. Uh, Go Transit is the regional transit for the surrounding Toronto area. Yes, it is. Basically, for people who need to get into the city, commuters, you know, it goes pretty far out, like I said. Like has been said before, Caitlin comes about two hours every week to yeah. do this sometimes it's two and a half god damn like today and uh, aldershot is the last stop outside of the city um technically there is a stop in hamilton but on weekends the train does not go there it's only um it only stops in hamilton during rush hour and leaves from hamilton during rush hour ah. uh so there's maybe 10 trains on a weekday and five of them in, are in the morning and five, five of them are in the afternoon. So basically useless if you're not traveling to and from Toronto. And the Gardener is one of the major thoroughfares. It is, yes. the city. And it's ha the way the bus goes. And apparently the Gardener's closed. But she said it. It wasn't like, oh, sorry, the Gardener's closed. So we're dropping people off at the train so that they can get to Toronto. It was, she looked at me like I was a moron. But I wanted to be like, how would I know that? I don't drive that's why i'm taking transit <sighs> it's but anyways the better way apparently it's usually actually pretty good they do have their problems 
but by and large, they're fine. And it's fine that the gardener was close, so they were taking us to the train. That is fine. Just post something somewhere, or let me know when I get on the bus, or be nice about it, because I don't know. I'm sorry, lady. <laughs> maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe she maybe she was having what I like to refer to as a smushed bread day. <gasps> yeah, that's that's terrible. I well, I used to have it every day when I was in grade school because my dad, <laughs> God bless him, um, he would God, put, your bread was smushed every day. Well, he put my fr- the frozen juice box in the bag with my sandwich, but the condensation from it would make my mm. my my sandwich squished and soggy. Gotcha. Yeah. Smush bread days are what I refer to as, you know, moments of existential angst because when my relationship was falling apart a few years ago, I had gone to do some groceries. Like my ex was out of town for the week or something. She was like, I think she may have been like on some like Thelma and Louise, like cross Canada type road trip sort of thing. It did not end in them launching <laughs> no. off the side of a canyon, did it? I'm not going to voice my opinion for that <laughs> one way or the other. <clears throat> no, we're, we're fine. Hey, Nicole, it's great. Um, but I was still like, you know, back at the crib, taking care of the cats, reckoning with the idea of, you know, having to move out and get my own place. And was I going to continue living in Toronto, et cetera, et cetera. And I had gone to this like, Horrible grocery store. I believe Gerard Square has come up on this show before. <laughs> yes. I went to the price shopper at Gerard Square, bought probably too many groceries, even though it was probably like a two, 15, 20 minute walk. Yeah. Um, too many groceries, like really yeah. heavy, like digging into your hands type of thing. You bought some some soup or something. Yes. And and I you never really need to take the bus down that street, but no. I mean I was I could still afford passes back then, so I was like, I have a pass, so I'll just get the bus up the you know three blocks uphill that it takes to get to the house and i'm sitting there and i put the bags down you know just you know you look at the stigmata on your hands from carrying <laughs> these bags and it just started raining a bit and i looked down and like a soup can had rolled onto my bread <laughs> no and i just saw like <laughs> like the, the sad image of my like smush bread i was like this is my life now this is gonna be walking in the rain back to an empty house where nobody cares about me this and is my life bread. so that's so that's what smush bread is Speaking of which, it was my birthday this week. It was. How was that existential crisis? That's a, that's a segue. Uh, didn't have time to because people were like, how, how was your birthday? And I was like, I slept through most of it because I work nights. So That's great. That so, sounds like the best birthday ever. So I slept through most of it and then I got up and <laughs> tried to go to, um, I was meeting a friend for dinner and we tried to go to High Park here in Toronto, which is like our central park, even though it's yeah. East Park. It's our biggest park, right? Yeah. And... It's like, oh, do you want to go look at the look at the leaves in High Park? I'm like, that sounds adorable. Let's go do that. Um, then my own bus ride to the train station, yeah. to the subway station, ridiculous because there's construction everywhere. Of course, because it's Toronto. But then you know, I can run run to the bank, <laughs> get delayed there because apparently I don't know some new arrivals to Canada were learning how ATMs work, and I'm standing there. And I'm like, really? We're giving tutorials on this like right now at four o'clock in the afternoon. I got places to be. Chop chop. Hey, they they need to know these things. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. This is how the ATM works. Grab some cash for dinner and hit the train. Friends, you might not know this. Two tra- train lines in Toronto, one kind of north-south, the bougie line. It's where all the new trains are yes, on. Yes, yeah. The new fancy trains are on. And you can guarantee that they will always be air-conditioned. Yep. You cannot guarantee that on the Bloor line, no, which runs east-west. This was not an air-conditioned train I ran onto during rush hour, basically, mass with people. As I had, like, as I misjudged and I was trying to be, like, cute. So I had, like, a sweater on and, like, a jacket and shit. And, like, I was, like, way too overdressed for the weather. 
Because you never know what you're going to get this time of year. And see, that was only what? Yeah, it was like four a couple days ago. days ago. And so I'm sweating, I'm sweating, you know, whatever. And then it's like, hey, there's a security issue at High Park Station. So this train's going out of service. You got to get off. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be late. Like, and it gets dark by like 630. Like, it's already like, you know, quarter to five. Like, yeah. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just walk it. So walking uphill, up Bloor, try to get to High Park Station. I never down there. I don't know where High Park Station is. I saw like one tiny door down like a side street that said <laughs> High Park. I was like, pop my head in. She ain't there. I'm like, I'm not spending another token to get into the station to find out where she is. Like, I'm texting her and she's terrible with directions. She doesn't know what East West is. God bless you. I love you, kid. But come on. Um, <laughs> just step out to Bloor Street and tell me what intersection you're at, for God's sake. <laughs> so then by the time I find her, it's like, yeah, it's going to be dark in like 10 minutes. Maybe, maybe we'll just go get dinner. I'm like, yeah, maybe Maybe we'll just do that. Maybe we'll get dinner. Um, yeah. It sounded like today for me. <laughs> yeah. Very similar. So I don't, I know exactly what you went through and I don't envy it. Um, but I went to Ryoji, which is a ramen place on College Street here in Toronto. It was delicious. And did they yell at you? They did not. Oh. Even though they say it's an izakaya, it's not. Uh, there, there were patrons there who were yelling a lot. Like, hey, if someone is yelling, I'm happy. Actually, what I think like an izakaya in Japan would be like, it was like, you know, drunken salarymen, like getting hammered (laughs) after after work type of thing. I just looked over and it's like this booth of all these Japanese guys like hollering and cheering and (laughs) with the waitstaff as well. Uh, I got the spicy miso ramen. It was fantastic. We also, you know, we got gyoza. We got chicken wings. We got, you know, did did up its birthday, whatever. Uh, My friend is very talented artist and she uh drew me the queens which to be fair i told her months ago that like that's what you that's wanted. all i wanted for my birthday and she didn't she didn't have asset there were watercolors there was Ooh. flinging of you know pollock-esque i got some watercolors of... for my birthday you did you got a tardis i got a tardis and then uh senior correspondent uh painted me some stuff ah see you ain't gotta spend a lot of money people no, we just want your talent. Just want your talent. We feast on it. Because <laughs> we don't really have any of our own. <laughs> aside, aside from entertaining y'all. Speaking of which, hmm. I think it's time for news. Is it time for news? I think so. I think I should go first because I believe we should we should get the sadness out of the way first. We should. And we would be remiss if we not, did not take a moment to appreciate the loss of Steve Dillon, comics artist and co-creator of Preacher, who apparently passed away this past Saturday, I started getting texts about it in Saturday afternoon um, from an undisclosed illness. Apparently, Entertainment Weekly is reporting he was 54 years old. Don't really know what happened there, but goddamn, 2016, just fuck, just stop, knock it off. You already took Darwin Cook. Like, what more did you need? Steve Dillon was like a guy that like you can't appreciate when you're young. If that sounds odd to say, it does sound odd. Because he's Explain. not flashy, right? Like, when you're a kid and you're reading comics, you want, like, Joe Maduera and Todd McFarlane and Frank Cho. You want, like, flashy, cartoony type stuff. Well, I didn't, but I was a special young person. <laughs> you were you were an alt-comics brat from, from way back. <laughs> um, Steve Dillon was a very low-key, like, very anatomically correct. People had faces that looked like faces. It wasn't, like, super flashy. And he was very good at faces. He could do more with, like, a facial expression than some people can do with an entire, like, splash page. Like, he was that good. He paired up with Garth Ennis a lot. They worked on Hellblazer together. They worked on Preacher. He worked on The Punisher off and on 
basically ever since Preacher ended, first with Darth Ennis. He was drawing the new Becky Cloonan run that had started earlier this year. And yeah, he was he was really effing good and it just sucks to lose another one. Especially, you know, it's he's not like he was retired, you know, he was still working, he was still vibrant, he was still contributing to the industry. And that just it just sucks. The only good thing about it, the only thing at all, is that maybe because of this news people will sort of take a look at the work he's done and they'll be inspired. If I had to pick one thing for you to like a listener who's unfamiliar with his work to go in and check out, he did a book with it was a one shot with Garth Ennis called Heartland. And it was about at that point in the Hellblazer story, he had been involved with a woman named Kit and it was kind of like the only woman who ever like really made Constantine happy sort of thing. Of course, Constantine did what Constantine does and she ended up leaving him. And this was like, she was Irish as Garth Ennis is Irish as well. So this was basically a story about Kit returning to Ireland. And like, it was a story about the troubles and that type of thing. You don't need to know anything about Hellblazer or her as a character or Ireland or Ireland would help. Maybe passing, passing familiarity with Ireland. No, it's a country that would help. It's actually two countries. (laughs) And thanks, Caitlin. But you don't need to know anything about the characters or continuity, that dirty word. And yeah, I think it's been collected in a random Hellblazer volume okay. um, of Garth Ennis and Dylan's run. So yeah, rest in peace. <sighs> cheer me up, Caitlin. I'm, uh, well, I unfortunately, well, I can cheer you, cheer you up with a couple pieces of news. Make me sadder, Caitlin. Oh, uh, no, I will. We'll, we'll do something nice. We'll do something a little sadder <laughs> and then we'll do something nice again. How okay. about that? Okay. So the first piece of really kind of awesome news is that Donald Glover will play Lando Calrissian. Yes, he will. Which is amazing. Kind of is. Um, For a couple reasons. A, because uh, we love Donald Glover. We do. Most people should because he's amazing. The second thing is that uh, he will be hopefully having a mustache. Honestly, it was my first question. (laughs) Is to myself. Gonna, is I read gonna... the news. I was like, will he have a mustache? That's what I also... See, this is why we're friends. That is what it, I also <laughs> thought Caitlin immediately. Caitlin Jordan's primary concern about the casting of Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Mustache, mustache or not? Nah? Um, he will be uh, playing Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo Star Wars movie, the prequel. Um, that's coming out in a couple of years. Yes. As mentioned during my diatribe on Rogue One last week, a couple weeks ago, don't remember. In addition to the actual episodes, Disney is farming out as many side story Star Wars films as possible. Hey, the people wanted a Han Solo film. The people do want it. And this is a young Han Solo movie about his life long before he met Luke and the Skywalkers and and long before he was stabbed by his stupid emo son on a bridge in Force Awakens. Still haven't watched it. Anyway, so be your, that's... Be your Christmas special this year, friends. That's a bit of a bit of nice news. That's a bit of nice news, yeah. Did you want me to go straight into the the sadder news? Well, the well, I have one that isn't really sad news. I mean, it's a sad thing, but it's kind of okay news. 
Okay, we'll go with that one. Is, is I'm curious. What the Logan was. trailer dropped this week. Yes, I have some notes about that. You have some notes. Yeah. Well, that's more than I got. I just have the words Logan and trailer <laughs> in my phone. So and I'm guessing you've watched the trailer. I did watch the trailer. So yes. I we've talked about not trying to look really at trailers and i i keep on for i legit keep forgetting and then watching something and going oh i'm not supposed to be watching i wasn't this. going to i remembered it started hitting all my feeds and i was like yeah. am i gonna watch it am i gonna watch it uh, fine so what happened was i watched it and then i was like eh. and then people i know specifically ren hanman a good friend of mine who is one of those people who absolutely hates trailers hate spoilers of any kind whatsoever she said to me have you seen the logan trailer it is so good and i was like really and then someone on my facebook my friend parker uh my only friend from university and we became friends because we argued about whether the beast or the hulk would win anyways uh he posted have you seen the logan trailer I don't want to get into a discussion about what you were talking with Parker about. <laughs> I'm going to speculate you were probably wrong, but we're not going to have this conversation. No, not at least not this time. Though, if you're curious about it, you should totally get at me in the Facebook group. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a conundrums episode one day. <laughs> um, but so all these people are kind of freaking out with this trailer, but I just thought it was like, eh. I, I think it's it just because bad. it's doing something randomly different. A city didn't explode. That's true. You know? Uh, well, yet. We yeah. don't know. It's just a trailer. Uh, but it's a it's a small it's a small story for those of us who have read comics. It looks like it's lifting heavily from the Old Man Logan story yep. done by M- Mark Miller. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Barely get his name out. Uh, Mark Miller and Steve McNiven. That came out just as six issues of the Wolverine series. Continuity kind of free. One of these speculative you know end of days stories where basically i won't spoil anything from the comic or potentially the movie but it's like logan did something really bad yeah at one point and went straight pacifist i'm out i'm not never popping the claws again type of thing and you know that always works for a while but then doesn't (laughs) then a man of his particular skills are is needed for something in the comic, it was a road trip with Hawkeye. In this, it's a road trip with uh, Professor X, which is Patrick Stewart hanging out in the back of, of the awesome. car. Um, didn't he? Did we total? How I haven't kept up. I don't know how much we've retconned. I thought he died like three movies ago. No. Oh wait. Oh, Professor. Yeah. No, he woke up in the body of somebody else. Depending on <laughs> okay. which continuity, though. If if the continuity got fixed, quote unquote, in the days of future past, it could mean that. He never did die, so he's alive. It depends on which on, on which road you take through time. Uh, as long as they're not in space. I think it'd be cool if they were in space. Shut up. <laughs> the X- you can like space, that's fine. The X-Men have no business in space. What anyway. about Spider-Man? No! <laughs> the only people who belong in space... Are the Guardians, and they had a trailer come out this week, and it was meh. Well, yeah, there wasn't that much there. No, there wasn't. But, though, Baby Groot. Uh, Baby Groot was in (laughs) there. Everybody's everybody's gonna shit their pants because Baby Groot was in there. He's the cutest. I would trade my firstborn for a Baby Groot. (laughs) When you have it? Yeah. Okay. I'll remember that. Okay. (laughs) 
So yeah, that's coming out next year. I don't know what we're thinking of with a rating for this. Rate it, rated R. Is it rated R? Yeah, they have um, took a hint from the Deadpool movie and decided to rate it R. And apparently... I have. I did not watch the international trailer. Apparently, has a pretty gruesome kill scene in it. I did not. Nice. I did not watch it, but I mean, man, don't adhere too closely to Mark Miller's execution of that story. Sure, Logan is like you know the the old warhorse pacifist type of thing getting pulled back in. Sure, that's a great. That's a. It's not a great idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. But then you know the fucking comic ends with him getting eaten by the Hulk and what? cutting his way out of the Hulk. and I have never seen, I've never read this apparently. Oh no, because the Hulk, now I'm just going in because I, <laughs> I like to make Caitlin horrified because it allows me to rag on Mark Miller. Uh, the Hulk is like, basically all of America is owned by different people. Basically the supervillains all like teamed up and like won. Uh, okay. Because um, it's like, oh, we did the math and there's like so many more of us than there are of you. So we just pooled our resources. And, like, the Red Skull's got, like, New York. I don't know who has the West Coast, but, like, the Banner family owns, like, the Badlands. Because, basically, right. Banner just, like, succumbed to his own Hulk-like nature. But it's all, like, inbred hillbilly type stuff. Deliverance style. I... What? It, what? Because the what only I, person he could fuck was his cousin. That is weird and bizarre and gross. And also, what, have, what would have been a much better story is how good these evil people were at, at actually running things like this is what i'd like to know if if the world was taken over by evil empires how would they be good at governing oh, i don't think they really were is the sense i got then you know the red what? skull kind of hung around and like going senile in a skyscraper wearing captain america's outfit that um that doesn't sound like it's that much fun i don't think mark miller gets that far in his own plot development oh I think he gets, you know what would be cool? Gamma radiated inbreds. You know what would be really cool? Hmm. Getting me to write comic books. Just like television shows. You know what would also be really cool? What? Not letting Mark Miller do anything ever again. <laughs> um, Moving on. Speaking of also trailers that are good. Yeah. It's all of a minute long and shows you nothing. Oh, that Red Dead trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. You're very excited about that. Looks so pretty. It's basically just like a shot of, you know, vistas. Vistas are nice. Forests, the wildlife, because wildlife and hunting and stuff played a big part in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, m- muddy dirt roads in towns. That Buzzards look, eating roadkill. It's a very cowboy-esque thing. Yeah, and then you get like, you know, one line of dialogue said by who? Question mark. We don't even know. We don't even know if it's... James Marsden, the a good guy, character a from bad the first guy, one. Uh... Yeah, and then like a posse rides through. Wait, James Marsden, like the the actor? John Marsden, my John and Jack. I'm trying to remember the characters. If Marsden was the fa- was the family name. So it, it wasn't John. John Marsden. It wasn't James Marsden, the actor. No, it is not James Marsden. Although I would <laughs> love to play that game, whereas you try to navigate the career of an aging, one time Hollywood <laughs> beautiful boy as you you know enter middle age. You know what? That's on the board. <laughs> that is that is on the there board. There you go. Mobile app developers. <laughs> Get at us. Get at us. Could be the next Kardashian whatever fucking game that is. I don't know. Um all right. I well then we've we've I'm going to check this off cuz we've talked about the Logan trailer. You know what it it's now time for though? What's it now time for? Kind of sad news. Kind of sad. 
We've talked about this a lot lately, actually. It, it, it ties in to things we have been discussing, which happens at this point to manifest as the inability of artists to draw 15-year-old girls, specifically Riri Williams, also known as Ironheart, also known as the newest Marvel female character, also known as the cute girl on the Invincible Iron Man number one. Yes, context, apparently in the story, I haven't been reading it for reasons related to Civil War II, his own book, whatever. Tony Stark decides it's not really a good time for me to be Iron Man right now. And he goes off to do whatever the hell it is he's going to do. And he leaves it in the capable hands of MIT educated prodigy genius. Riri Williams. Riri, Riri Williams. Still a terrible name to try and say. <laughs> Out loud. Um, who is based actually on a person. She's based um, on Sky Jackson, who is an actress. Okay. Who is about 14, maybe 15 now. Okay. And there has been a problem. Because on basically all of the variant covers for this title, um, they've super hypersexualized her. As you do? As apparently stupid people do. <laughs> and, of course, people are not happy about this. We know Marvel knows how to draw young girls. As the Mary Sue pointed out, they are able to draw Miss um, Marvel and Moon Girl from Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. That They look great, and we're not really sure what happened. <laughs> As it was also pointed out, though, and this may be part of it, on Miss Marvel and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, there is a female editor on the team. Ah. And a lot of people are thinking that if you don't have one person to go, um, no, then they will. And they'll be stupid and they'll super hypersexualize and it's gross. I mean, you said it's it's on all of the variant covers? Most of the variant covers. Because the one I saw mentioned frequently was apparently to the point where they pulled it and it's not going out. Is the J. Scott Campbell one? Um, is oh, I thought that was the one of the variant covers. It is one of the variant covers. Oh, and they're not doing it at all. They're pulling it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, now, in the grand scheme of sexualizing fifteen-year-old girls, wasn't that terrible? No. She's sticking her ass out a little bit, her pants right a little low. But again, this comes back to the chicken egg scenario of the infamous Milo Manara Spider Woman character. This is what J. Scott Campbell does. Yeah. He's always done this. If you don't know who this gentleman is he's a comic artist really popular in the late 90s perhaps best known for a book called danger girl which was basically a kind of lady trio charlie's angels espionage type of book right but you know he's really good at drawing buxom women yeah this is what he did in that book zippered leather cat suits (laughs) like that's and and that's what he does and whether or not what he does is what should be done Mm -hmm. is one matter why did the Marvel editors hire him to draw a 15-year-old girl? Exactly. Because you know what he's going to do. And that's why people are saying you really need an editor to be not just sensitive to what's going on right now, which is a push to stop drawing that way, especially, and this is the other side of it, books that are there to try and help attract a different audience. Yeah, We already have the young white male from you know 12 to 
65. (laughs) (laughs) They really, you know, you want people to read more comic books, then you're going to have to tap into a larger audience. Because apparently, you know, 12 to 65 are doing other things. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what it comes down to. You can't really complain about comic book sales if you keep on doing crap like this. So, I mean, yeah, bad, bad look shouts for correct course correcting. Sad you didn't get to that point. You know, course correction I wish would have happened. What? I learned about this. We talked about this thing before. I don't know how this item didn't come up. Remember that Killing Joke animated movie? Yeah. Did you know Batman and Batgirl banged? Oh, yeah. We talked about it, didn't we? No, that, that never came up in our discussion of that. I just found that out this week. Oh, I thought it had. I apologize. No, because it would have been a much more heated reaction for me had I known that at the time. Yeah. What the fuck were y'all thinking? Yeah. she. It's all about her like feelings for Batman. That's how they developed yeah, the character more. That's how they more. fleshed her out is bang Batman. Yeah. Also, isn't she supposed to be like 17? At the time. I think like, she's in university. older than Robin, but... You know, I think she's much in, younger than I him. I think she's in university at the time. I'm not positive about that. But again, I didn't see it. This was senior correspondent who saw that. And he was horrified that on both sides, A, they had Batman sleep with this young girl that he's supposed to be a father figure to. And B, that they fleshed out the character by making her hung up over Batman and banging him. Like, he was horrified on both counts. I mean... So what, then I didn't watch it. Listen. Listen. I'm not going to say I don't see the appeal of having sex with women much younger than you. It's like a thing. I'm also not Batman. <laughs> no. Batman doesn't fuck Batgirl. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> no. God damn it, Azarello. <laughs> Your wife just put out like one of the best Wonder Woman graphic novels ever and you had Barbara Gordon bang Batman. I, I don't know what's going on in their relationship. They should talk more. <laughs> they um, should talk more. Now, but though I have good news good after news. this, yeah. So we've got we've are past the bad stuff. We're <laughs> on to the good stuff. Well, maybe not. Oh no. I might wrap it up with one more, but we'll see. Well, my good news hopefully will carry us forward. <laughs> Jessica Jones. There's a season 2. That's confirmed? Yeah. I did not even see that. You want to know what else is confirmed? Mm. All of the season will be entirely directed by women. Nice. Which is amazing. Well, the showrunner's a woman, too, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Just, this is amazing (laughs) and super exciting. Go us, ladies. We're doing the thing. Doing the the thing. thing. So what terrible news are you going to give me now? Well, I mean, (laughs) late Friday night, Caitlin posted the link to the J. Scott Campbell variant story, and I just commented, hashtag save it for the pod. (laughs) Don't don't be getting mad on Facebook when... (laughs) When you, it can make good podcast banter. And then I, hours later, and why were you still up at this hour? But <laughs> hours later, I had posted just the statement, getting in anime fights at 2 a.m., do better, nerds. To which Caitlin replied, <laughs> hashtag save it for the pod. Because I'm witty like that. She is. She knows a good callback when she sees it. Um, again, with, I don't even, it's the same issue all the time. Basically, I get on Facebook on my lunch break at work and... A gentleman is on the IGN anime board, basically voicing the exact same thing that we have discussed here. Basically, my girlfriend's an anime fan. She wants to watch more. I show her stuff. She finds some of it gross and icky. She doesn't know how to feel about it. So I suggested, why don't you go on the IGN board? The IGN board, and to to its credit, 
it is this to a certain extent, fancies itself as a relatively safe space. Yeah. Very rational. Everybody kind of respects each other. Not like, you know, the... It's not like Reddit. It's not not like Reddit anime. Not like the typical, you know, tentacle porn clusterfuck that is most anime boards. (laughs) Paint with a wide brush, but, you know, at me. You You know I'm not that far off. Anime fans, pretty awful most of the time. So I did not see this thread, but apparently this gentleman's girlfriend went on to the IGN board, voiced her concerns, not met with the most well-reasoned, rational response from people. A lot of people just kind of being like, well, it's anime, get over it. That's great, guys. It's just anime. And I mean, so he voiced this, and his issue was he couldn't help taking a dig, probably because he felt he was defending his girlfriend, taking a sort of dig saying like you know if this is your attitude and you're single there's probably a reason why right I'm not saying that's an inaccurate point but My, you know when hey when people go low you go high the issue then became the thread then started as like trying to engage with the point he was making about like you know how do you reckon with the fact that some of the stuff you like is icky and there are people in your lives who are going to find it a key. But most people on the board were taking this as like a get out of jail free card. It's like, oh, you insulted us or you were rude. So that's the issue. The issue was your rudeness, not the point you were making. And I mean, ultimately, the guy ended up deleting it, the thread, because that's all people were getting on. And then wrote a follow up post. And I didn't I jumped in, but I don't remember what the point I made. It didn't get much traction because people were just kept, you know, going at him for insulting people. When he posted the follow-up, he's like, hey, listen, I talked to my girlfriend. After talking to her, I deleted the post. She's going to quit the group. Like, she doesn't think it's worth it, blah, blah, blah. So, hey, you know, sorry if I offended anybody, blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, oh, she left? And I hopped in again. And this point got, I was like, I'm not trying to fire it up again. But the thread got deleted while I was typing this. And the point was this. Basically, like, jokes is jokes. And the dude shot himself in the foot before he even started. But it's like, y'all took the fact that he insulted you as like an excuse not to reckon with the point he was making, which is the idea that, you know, some, some, not all, some of the stuff we like, we, including me is icky and gross to other people. Yeah. And not everyone is when you're in the anime fan bubble, when people from outside the bubble. Yeah. See this stuff. You have to have a better explanation for what's just anime. And yeah, I can roll my eyes and go and skim through the screen after screen of Keijo ass gifs that pop up every week. Yeah. I can do that. I'm also not a dude who has gone through, you know, my entire day before sitting down at my laptop, having my ass commented on and felt the male gaze as I go through my daily life. I have no idea what that's like. And it's possible that people who have a problem with the shit that they find icky that I like are coming from somewhere I don't ever understand. And maybe, again, their opinion deserves better than... Let's just anime. Get over it. I think... I fucking do better, nerds! This is wrapped up in the whole... The whole Riri Williams thing. Like we keep coming back to this. Like, just fucking do better. Well, I think... And because it doesn't bother you, it doesn't make you more woke or more chill or more laid back, like... There's no superiority there in brushing off these people's concerns. No, there isn't. I think that jumping down someone's throat for having a different opinion doesn't help anything. 
it doesn't help you understand. It doesn't help them to find anime that they might like. So basically, you're defeating what an open conversation would accomplish. And I mean, the point I didn't really get to make at the time was like, if your first instinct when someone says, hey, that's kind of gross, is to get super defensive about it. Mm, yeah. You probably already know it's gross. Yeah. And and this is this is the thing again when you have a a gross thing that in itself is not wrong it's when it's all like that or mostly like that and when someone wants something different people freak out and say that you're ruining their thing i mean that stuff is out there look at what i brought you this week you might have been bored to shit but there was Nothing really objectionable in it. No, not at all. Actually, that's one of the points I made. And we'll talk about it later in the episode. But like, you know, there is that stuff out there. And again, having having a super sexy character in a comic book is not a bad thing. It's when every single female character is super sexy and has giant boobs and a giant butt and somehow twists their spine in that way that doesn't actually work. Well, I mean, people, some people in the threads were trying to throw out Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop as like an example of like, well, Faye's one of the most sexualized characters out there type of thing. Yeah. She has an agency over herself and her body. Like, and, and the camera a few times it does, but very rarely uses her as like something for you to fap over. Like, yeah, there's, I, I mean, it, it's fine for... And she can I, hold her own in a gunfight. Like I have friends who dress super sexily. It's not something I want to do. There are lots of different people out there. You know, can you have them get at me? Or No, I can't have them get at you. We were trying to have a very serious conversation here. Just add a little levity. Carry on. Anyways, and that's up to them. But you can't have a de- the depiction of every single one of your female characters as being super sexy or looking the exact same right there's one superhero female body type there is at least five i'm talking about the standard body types for men um and that's a problem and once again this last time i'm gonna say it stop throwing out that if it was a dude no one would complain because it's never a dude and if it is it's not nearly on the level or frequency that it is women. No. Shut up with that argument. It's not even an argument. Anyway. Hey, and if anybody from that thread comes and listens to this, or that gentleman who made the initial post whose girlfriend left uh, bummed out, hey, head on over to animefeminist.com. I was going to say, she's just put out a post. Did she? I haven't checked up recently. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, I didn't actually end up reading it because I was in a hurry. God damn it. Running because my train was late <laughs> after all of that. But yes, there there are places out there, mercifully, and hey, here you could you could also come to our Facebook come group to our Facebook group and just ask us, and we'll give you stuff. Where, I know stuff now. Where's that at, Kate? That is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Come get at us. We're nice people. Yeah, we're great people, and we're the best of people. I mean, listen, IGN board, y- y'all ain't perfect. I see it. Y'all ain't perfect. Some of you have this like utopian ideal of what that place is. And by and large, like I said, you're far better than most. You're a little sus sometimes. What does that mean? Suspect. Oh, suspect for what? Being jerks? Yeah. Don't be jerks. 
Stop being jerks. I think this is a good way to end this segment of the show. Well, then some, that's what we're going to do. With some good advice. Solid advice. Remember, it's just like trying new food. Try calamari. Try shutting the fuck up. It may work for you. You might like it. And the people around you might also like it. It's just because you saw something on the internet you don't agree with. You can shut the fuck up. Hey, I don't write on any groups and I feel great. How are you feeling, Kate? Fantastic. When's the last time you got all worked up about something on the internet? Got into a flame war? Never. It's never Couldn't happened. sleep because you were thinking about what some asshole halfway across the world was saying about... It, it's never happened. Never I, happened. I, I like my sleep too much. Interesting. And why is that? Because I never comment on anything. Yeah, because you shut the fuck up. Yeah, because I know that someone's just going to yell at me for being a woman. So, there you go. Boom. Shutting the fuck up. It's what's new this season. And it's awesome. It's awesome. So that's what we're going to do for like 25 seconds. And then we'll be back. And when we come back, we will talk about the things that we each brought each other. See you then. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to the program. This is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I will talk about the things we brought each other. But before we do that... We have rules. We do have rules. First rule is the rule of three. Which is the rule that whatever we bring each other, if it comes in episodes or parts or cycles or chapters, we have to read, consume, watch three of them. Give the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be. Specifically for television, because there's usually a pilot episode, it takes a little time for things to like coalesce and get going. Yeah. Rule number two, hashtag save it for the pod. Which we mentioned earlier is the idea that whatever we give each other, we will not talk about it until we are sitting down in front of these microphones. Why withhold any of our keen insights from you, the listeners? Yeah. Yeah, share that with y'all. We'll just keep it to ourselves. That's rude. It is rude. It is rude. And I'm we're glad, not rude people. I'm glad we're so polite. Really? And y- y- listeners, be thankful. <laughs> <laughs> rule number three, not a rule so much as a policy. There will be spoilers. There I don't know how spoilers. much we really have to deal with this Probably this not much. Not it is much. A, a very old movie. B, a very slow anime. <laughs> a very uneventful anime. <laughs> so... so- But I mean, if you don't want to know anything about anything, you don't want to know names, you don't want to know any kind of plot details, this would be the time for you to peace out. Go get yourself a smoked meat sandwich. Or some hot chocolate. Not together. I don't think they would pair well. You never know. You got to be open to food adventures. This is what Food Wars has taught me. Oh man, can't wait to get an update on that (laughs) later on. Normally we like to alternate, so this week we're going to begin with the thing that Caitlin brought me. So, this thing does need a bit of an explanation, because it is not good. Good, because do you know what my first response was going to be the second you threw it to me? What? Explain yourself. (laughs) But it is something I love. It is one of those things that is like a warm bath or cozy slippers, you know... Or, you know, that pair of pajamas that has holes in it, but it just fits so perfectly and you just, you know all the movements off by heart and it's just, it's a nice flow to it. That thing is the 1998 movie Practical Magic. 
I love it so much. Look on his face is amazing. This is all going to be amazing. And listen, you're not alone. No, I am not alone. Funny enough, um, while I was looking up some details about Practical Magic, because I don't know anything about it except that I love it dearly, <laughs> um, some, a, a person, a article writer, whose name, of course, I don't know, but they wrote a io9 slash Gizmodo article about how much they loved Practical Magic... I think there's been a BuzzFeed list recently as well. Talked about how much they loved it, how perfect it was, even though it has received around 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that answers one question. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> this movie... Doesn't it, Caitlin? It doesn't. This movie has, it was directed by Griffin Dune, I think you say. Dunn. Is it Dunn? Yes. Yeah, that's how you say his last name. He's acted and he's produced and he's directed a couple of other things. Um... It was a book by Alice Hoffman, which I actually haven't read. I was told not to. Really? Yeah. I'm assuming it's very different. Um, yes. Apparently, there is very little magic in it. At least not in the way there is in the, in the movie. Um, and it stars Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. America's Sweethearts. And, well, Australia and America's Sweethearts. America claimed her. I guess, yeah, you're right about that. Um, and claimed her and then gave her plastic surgery. But anyways, that's a whole other issue. Um, Shots. Fired. It is a wonderful, wonderful movie. And at the same time, it is mm. not. Mm. But I just want to know what you thought, Jordan. I don't expect you to have liked it. But did you have fun watching it? Did it surprise you in any way? I had fun hating it. I was surprised it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, and now we're moving on to the thing you brought me. <laughs> the thing I was, like, taken by Okay. with this, let me get my notes open, even though I don't think I made this note, movies were just made so much differently back then. Oh, they were. Back back then, it was, like, 1998, like, I was in university, was like, back then, but that's still, ago. like, 20 years ago. Just, this movie would never get made now. No, it wouldn't. Because this movie would ne it'd never make any money. Like, I don't... Maybe if you had, you know, the actresses of the moment type of thing. It's just... It's not, like, there's no real action. They're very nonchalant about the murder and disposal of corpses. <laughs> Which is so funny. Very nonchalant. It's a great Halloween movie, by the way. Sure. Maybe. I mean and if you don't want boo scary and you like witches, this is a great movie. <laughs> they fucking killed that guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Accidentally the first time. Man. Um, yeah, they just it, it looks different. It feels different. The slowness of it. Yeah. It's just they don't... You forget that, like, this was a type of movie back then. Your midsize... Nobody expected this movie to make like a hundred million dollars. You know, today that's those are the stakes we always consider when it comes to films and what makes a successful film. Yeah, you got to make like a hundred million dollars. This movie, I don't know. IMDb the box office on this movie would have probably did like you know thirty million dollars or something. Got by. It was respectable. Purely on the strength of Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman alone. And I can never remember the two older women, but they like steal. Stucker Channing and Diane Weist. That's right. They play steal the, ants. the show. Sorry, do you want to break down the plot of this thing before I really sure. get into it? So uh, Sandra Bullock's plays Sally Owens and Nicole Kidman plays uh, Jillian Owens, her sister. They are two sisters in a long line of witches. And 
basically there is a curse on their family. Um, the curse being that any man who dares fall in love with an Owens woman ends up meeting an untimely death. For Sally and Jillian, this was um, uh, their their father died and their mother actually ended up dying of a broken heart. So they had to go live with their two matronly aunts who are also witches. Um, for Sally, this happens when her husband is hit by a car. Before <laughs> narrowly dodging, colliding with the Tour de France, running through their tiny coastal town. What are all those cyclists doing? <laughs> they, they were on a retreat. Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so it's about sort of Sally picking up her life, and then it becomes about um, the fact her sister Jillian has entangled herself romantically with this crazy dude named, oh, what's his last name? Angelo? I don't know. And Angel of, Angel of. Uh, Played by Goran Viznich yeah. from ER. Remember when he was a thing? Dr. Bosnia? What? He's on ER. He was like a heartthrob from like late era ER heartthrob. I, nev- I never watched ER. For like, you know, six months. And that's how you know this movie was in 1998 because Dr. Bosnia was in it. <laughs> wow. Anyways, so he ends up hitting her and she calls out for her sister to come help her. And she does. Except, magically. Uh, magically. Except he takes them both hostage in the car. And through witchy means slash poison, they end up accidentally murdering him. And are not really sure what to do about it. Okay, put a pin in that for a minute. Yeah. I could understand when Dr. Bosnia stepped out to take a piss mm-hmm. and left them both in the car. Maybe he took the keys. It's probably the more he logical does. explanation. It shows him with the keys does it? in I his hand. I was clearly not paying attention. You were not. It's like very obvious. He's swinging the keys around like, in his hand. Why are you not leaving? He's drunk and taking a piss right now. Clearly, if you have no problem murdering him and disposing of his body, <laughs> you're not exactly fearful women. <laughs> like... He took a long ass piss. Just leave. He had the keys. He was swinging them in his hand. You right. did not even watch this movie, <laughs> I, did you? I was reading Sartre while it played in the background. Anyways, so they accidentally kill him and they're not really sure what to do. They don't go to the place because uh, reasons. Jillian had been using Belladonna to uh, put him to sleep for a long time to try and sort of get away from him because she has terrible taste in men and doesn't know an abusive relationship when she's in one. And basically, they he ended up being slowly poisoned to death. So they are kind of freaking out about that. So they decide to resurrect him. They know that this can be done and they do it, but they don't do the ritual correctly. They sort of, they both turn their nose down on magic. And so when it comes time to try and do a spell like this, they botch it and he comes back as an evil spirit ghost thing well he comes back like no different and then they like central bullock kills him again well yeah i know i think he well you know you see his eyes are different and he's obviously sort of like uh, some kind of ghoul and then he attacks jillian and sandra bullock smashes him over the head with a frying pan several times and kills him again and then they bury the body and then he comes back as a ghost haunting zombie thing. Fam, if this sounds like two different movies stitched together, I would not blame you for thinking that. It's got kind of a whole bunch of threads. Here's a note from my phone. I watched some fucked up shit (laughs) in my life. This movie is low-key more fucked up than anything I've ever watched. So then, through... At least Ichi the Killer, you know what it is going in. 
audition, you know what it is going in. <laughs> you go into this thinking, oh, it's a dumb little rom-com. Oh, but we're murdering people. Okay. For reasons. So so then the ghoul of uh, Angel Love starts to haunt the sisters, specifically Jillian. Yeah. And there is a police officer who happens to be looking for him and ends up arriving at their doorstep. And him Aiden and... Aiden Quinn. Remember Aiden him, Quinn. fam? Yeah. Aiden Quinn and uh, Sandra Bullock's character uh, start to fall in love. Sure. Yeah. And then stuff happens. Because because and- she made a list when she was a child because she didn't ever want to fall in love. No. She made a list of qualities that no man could ever possibly have. Yeah. And that's the only man I want. Put this spell out into the universe. But he doesn't exist. So yeah. no one will ever have to die and I'll never fall in love. Plot twist. He does exist. Yeah. His name is Aiden Quinn. Right <laughs> down to the one green eye, one blue eye. It's probably the only reason he got cast in this movie. It's like, what? You have that naturally? You're hired. I don't think he does have that naturally. He does. He does? He does. I didn't know that. Well, good for him. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> Anyways. Way to have, have two different colored eyes. They, uh, they, through things happening, they end up exercising the ghost and, you know, it's all good. And then they fall in love and stuff happens and it's a great movie. How did you, what did you, what did you think, Practical Jordan? Magic, a.k.a. Men Make Everything Better. <sighs> Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. All Nicole Kidman wants she had, is to fall in love. She had, she wanted to be loved. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Everything will be better for the both of them as long as, but as, long as men come along. She, her and her sister, they, they, they bonded as sisters and they undid the curse themselves. Themselves. And then they, you know, all the townspeople... They made a connection with them, and they weren't mean to them anymore. It was a great movie. What's not to love? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's actually just go through my notes here, because I do kind of have many. I believe the first note I have, it is the first note, Jesus Christ, Faith Hill? Question mark. Yeah, it was 1998. <laughs> that song for this movie? I think so. Th- that This soundtrack is a glorious soundtrack. There's Marvin Gaye on the soundtrack. There's Sheryl Crow on the soundtrack. Oh, Sheryl Good show, so nineties. There is Stevie Nicks on this. Two songs on this. Uh, so I remember. I did hear Stevie Nicks. I remember that. Caitlin did not mention. She did mention that Sandra Bullock's character does get married at one point. She does not mention that her aunts have kind of willed this, spelled this into the universe. Well, they because they just want her to be happy. They, 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 as they say, they give her a little push. Sure. Yeah. Because she's when, a little bit frigid. And, <laughs> dear God. Well, she's a little bit like, you know, frumpy. <laughs> Not the queen of frump, because that title's been taken. But. I am the queen of frump. But my next note is, uh, after the death of her husband, finding out that her, her aunts have done this, taking the manipulation of life and ultimate death of her husband pretty well, all things considered. I don't know. She's not really upset about it at the time, so she kind of goes into this, like, depression where she won't get out of bed for a hot minute and writes, like, the most melodramatic, poorly written cre de that letter. That was- after the depression. No, it wasn't. Yes, that's, it, when the, that's when the sister came back. No. That and was, said, you have to get out of bed. That was after the sister came back. I am not arguing the chronology of practical fucking magic with <laughs> you. I know this movie backwards and forwards. Uh, this is the most bustling metropolis of a small coastal town I've ever seen in my life. Don't, Where are these people going all the time? Haven't you seen Gilmore Girls? Where are they going? <laughs> people are Honestly, going. <laughs> honest to fucking God, I... The longer I went into this movie, I was like, this is a Gilmore this is a Gilmore Girls thing, isn't it? It's Gilmore Girls and Witches. All the people who love Gilmore Girls love this movie. It's Gilmore Girls and Charmed combined. Um, 
this is Chinese water, water torture was my next note. <laughs> uh, and now Dr. Bosnia from ER is taking them on a David Lynchian road trip. What even is this movie? <laughs> is it Lost Highway? <laughs> Honestly, he's like in the back. He's got a gun to Nicole Kidman's head. He's swilling tequila and talking about Louis fucking L'Amour. I'm like, what is happening? This must be a movie about sailboats and magic. Like, I don't know when this happened, but... We need to talk about the soundtrack to this movie. It, which is amazing. No, no. The score. Oh, yeah. it's a... They will be like, hey, time to try to resurrect the dead body. Oh, get them on the table. And there's like a fucking whimsical clarinet playing. Yeah. It's like, oh, put this dead body on the table. <laughs> like, what? No. And then we drink margaritas for 10 minutes. Like, what are we trying to do with this movie? Are we just trying to get by on the charisma of the lead? Is that why we don't need a plot to this movie? Like, at all? Like Midnight margaritas! Fuck. I wish I could have midnight margaritas. Fuck me. Um, Aiden Quinn, you are the worst policeman ever. <laughs> yeah, actually. What are you even trying to do? He is the worst policeman ever. What are you even trying to do? This movie is very 1998, I would like to remind you. Whew. I'm fired up. Also, uh, the IMDb trivia page, because, again, trying to explain to myself what this movie even is. Yeah. Yeah, I went to the IMDb page. I read some stuff. Yeah. And this, I read this point before it actually happened so I could watch for it and then giggled my motherfucking ass off. <laughs> Nicole Kidman totally slips her accent at one point in the movie. Does she? <laughs> when they're loading Dr. Bosnia onto, like, the slab to try and resurrect him. Yeah. She says something about, like, Sally watches balls. You wa And so then when it, then when it happened... Straight Australian accent. Oh, I didn't. I would notice yeah. that. So I'm sure you have a copy of this movie. Go back and watch that. Scene. Yeah, I, I yeah, watched but, it yesterday. But, just, but you have two. So what's your score? Practical Jordan? magic. What's the What's the rating? Oh, it's like a. I could say it's like a three. I'll give it a four. I'll be more generous. Which might be a higher rating, but I will say this: entertaining is a relative term. Uh huh. I'm not using it properly, but like even my hatred for the boosh. Yeah. Was more of a reaction to anything I had with this. <laughs> huh. So it's not even like I'm going to say I like the bush better, because I will n never say I like the bush <laughs> better than anything. <laughs> but the the level of like, what the? And like, like at least I was kind of engaged with the bush, even though I was you know seething with rage. This was just like, what is even hat checking the time? There's 40 fucking minutes of this left? Like... But, like, I, you're not alone. There is a no. generation of vaginas that, like, are all about this movie. Love this movie. And good on you, I guess. But yeah. I don't know if it's the 90s or the way stories were written then or I don't know. editing. It's like, just, there's just some weird edits. and It's so good. So good. I'm just thinking about how good it is. <laughs> it's good. So, yeah. Practical magic. That's the thing that happened in the 90s. Yeah. And if you loved it, let me know, because maybe we should start a collective. But and like... when you're making that post, I'm sure there's an option in the post options mm -hmm. where you can like uncheck me <laughs> so I don't have to see it or get notifications or anything, and y'all can just go have at it. <sighs> I'm really glad I made you watch that. <laughs> so happy. Makes me so happy. <sighs> Ugh, moving on. Yeah. To the thing I brought, Caitlin. Yes. Which... Even though it's probably a much more well-made item than what she brought me. I don't know that Caitlin's necessarily going to have a better reaction. But of course, I'm going to have a better reaction. I don't know. I rewatched it. It's so boring. I it's love it for being so boring. It's super boring. 
It's very slow. Very slow. But, but kind of a nice example of why we love anime. We meaning me, but why I love anime? Because it it's not a genre. It's a medium. You can do whatever you want with it. This is the thing I brought Caitlin, which was Kids on the Slope. Yes. Which was a 12-episode anime that ran from April to June of 2012, based on a manga by Yuki Kodama, directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, with music by Yoko Kano, two names, which if you are a fan of Cowboy Bebop, which is All-Star Hall of Fame Keekdown item property, share a director and a composer, and it is set in 1966 in the Kyushu region of Japan, about a high school freshman named Kaoru Nushimi, Nishimi, who moves to the town to live with relatives after his father has to go leave the country for work. And he's beginning high school as a freshman and meets the class ne'er-do-well Sentaro Kawabuchi. Gets in a lot of fights. He's kind of a thug. But he loves jazz. Yes, he does. And he's a pretty good drummer. And he hangs out at the record store owned by his neighbor and childhood friend, Ritsuko Mukai, who Kaoru ends up falling in love with. And that's basically it. Yeah. It's about kids playing jazz in the 60s in Japan. Well, I would like to say something about that, though. Hmm. There needs to be a hell of a lot more jazz playing in this television show. There is. Watching the first, I watched, I rewatched the first three episodes last night, realizing that all my favorite moments yeah. happened after the first three episodes. Which, again, it's sort of why, as you always say, if it doesn't do it for you in the first couple hours, how much further do you have to watch? Yeah. And it leans hard into the soapy love story business in the first three episodes. Yes. So, so, my notes were music was really good. Whenever they were playing was a highlight. More of that. That would be good. Like, honestly, anytime that they're doing sort of like the freestyle jazz, even though I don't really like freestyle jazz, them doing it was great. And and there needed to be less love triangle-ish stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that needed to be cut out and then more jazz playing because that was actually a lot of fun. And But there was zero fan service. That nope. was really nice. But I did find something interesting happening as the main character does he have a nickname can i call him you call him bond which is what bond that's right which is what Um, centauro ends up calling him for i don't even know if it's really explained but that's just what he chooses to call him i think he just says i'm calling you bond now yeah this is the Um, whole reason bond the main character he's not a happy kid he doesn't like to live he's not liking living with his aunt and I don't even know if his uncle is around. His cousin seems like a jerk. His dad leaves. He doesn't have a mom. He's a sad guy. He doesn't seem to ha- ever have had friends. Yeah, he's a he is a he's a bookworm. He is a classically trained pianist. Yeah. Um, Sen kind of gets him into jazz. And as he becomes friends with these people, and like is happy. I'm happy. <laughs> it does this really weird transposing of moods onto you. When him, there's one scene, I think it's in the second episode, maybe the third episode, where um, Bon is over at the guy's house. Oh, Sen? Sen's house. He, I, think the, I think it's episode three. This is when he's, they're planning to ask out the... Uh, yeah. They, they go out on an outing. 
they go swimming or something and they find this uh, sophomore girl getting harassed by some thugs. Yeah. And, and step in and sends like, Hey, knock it off. And they're like, who the fuck are you? Oh, you're that, you're, you're that guy who gets in fights all the time at school. Yeah. Uh, we gonna get the hell out of here. And Sen immediately falls in love with her. Her name's Eureka. And he wants to ask her out also because Kaoru is in love with Ritsuko and Ritsuko's in love with, or is she in love or she should have feelings for, her? I don't know. Centro Kaoru is trying to like finagle it. So like, well, hey, if I push, if I push Centro over towards Eureka, then there's nothing in between me trying to make my play at Ritsuko and your eyes are glazing over just as I even talk about dumb high school romantic machinations. But Yeah, like honestly, so bored. Um, but as you, yeah, it, when you see his house and how he lives. and Well, and no, but there's the point where there he's... Uh, Sen talks about his girlfriend and it's the pigeon and then they a pigeon, a pigeon named Sarah Vaughn <laughs> Sarah Vaughn and then Bon makes a joke that she's jealous because they're talking about other girls and they both start laughing I was really happy because he had a friend and he was happy and ultimately and again I'm I'm breaking the Final Fantasy 13 rule here I know I am okay the show is ultimately about their love story right as friends right it has more to do about the friendship between the two of them and what that means to each of them than it does with the pining after girls. Which stuff. which is great. Um, I actually really liked the female lead character. She's really kind, like just a kind person and and she tr- tries to bring them together, I think, for both their own, own good. Because mm, everybody's um, scared of yes. Sen at school. Yeah, and and again, like when they're all playing jazz and stuff, or the two of them are like after they they get into a big fight and they're making up, and he's playing the he's Bon is playing the piano, and then Sen keeps on jumping in, and then Bon's getting mad at him at first, but then they both start doing it, and then they both start laughing. That is beautiful and amazing, and animated so well, and the music is fantastic. It animating people playing music is really hard to do, and, and they, I've rarely seen it done well, but this show does it, and they animate like. The fingers and the drum, t- like, so well. As, as, as fam, you may not know, I am a drummer, but as somebody who plays drums, yeah, the animation of a guy drumming is done so well on this. Yeah. Um, so that part was fantastic. What I would have also really liked is some more history of jazz put in, folded into the story. I think it would have given it much more depth. Um, also, if the background music had mostly been jazz, that would have been a really good element to fold in there as well, because it was okay. And and there were some parts that were good and some parts that were great, but it was really inconsistent and was really slow. So slow. But... Love it. At the end of the third episode, Bond confesses his love to... What's her face? Right. They don't drag it out. Which I thought they were going to. And I was real pissed about that. I was like, are you kidding me? And that was probably the first moment with this show. I was like, oh, okay. I can keep going with this now. Because it's not going to be eight episodes of. But she doesn't say it. He's like, just just know that someone is in love with you. Just think about it. I was like, no, I want to know right now. I don't want to watch a fourth episode to find <laughs> out whether she's in love with him too or not. Um so that was the only thing that was it was good because I'm, I'm like oh great he they he isn't they aren't dragging that element out it's not going to be this comedy of errors for 12 episodes but at the same time i don't want it to be to be continued <laughs> like i really just wrap it up wrap it up people uh just for the sake of the listeners and yourself i'll throw some other things 
out at you as I yip about this. One, I like learned about stuff in this show. Like I bought records because I saw them on this show. Which again, that was a bit of the good stuff. Like he does pull out records and ask about records and yeah, mention records. That Art Blakey record, I went out and bought it based on this show. I just think they need to do more of that. Um, they do play more. There is a scene with they do gig a little bit. Yeah. Um, the quartet of Sen Bon Ritsko's dad, who plays bass, and an older college student. We we in the three episodes you see. Them. Yes, yeah. bro- brother June, who plays trumpet, uh, who Sen idolizes. You're never going to watch it, right? Do you just want me to spoil it for you? Or? Probably not. <laughs> I might look it up on Wikipedia. Yurika ends up falling in love with June. I had wondered about that. And they kind of break off into their own type of side story. And June gets really involved in like the 60s Japanese student movement. Right. And gets disinherited by his family and stuff like that. And they have their own side story. But when they go out to gig at some club... It's like they're getting yelled at by USGIs about, like, stop playing that mm, music. Oh, wow. So there are these things sprinkled thereabouts that showed the world larger than just like, oh, it's another little high school love story type thing. Right. The scene that I will always go back to with this, and I actually, I don't even know, did they record it for the soundtrack? I don't know if they did or not, but there's a scene, and I think it's episode seven, where it's like school festival time. Yeah. And... So a couple other classmates, including one guy who's got like delusions of grandeur type of thing. Like he wants to form a rock band. Okay. And he finds a guy who plays bass and they want Sen on drums because he's the best drummer, the best drummer around. They know he plays drums. They know he's really good. So Bon and Sen kind of like are moving apart over these months. They're right. Seeing as much as other Sen doesn't have time to practice because he's doing this other thing. And it's not that they're fighting. They're just kind of like growing apart a little bit. Like yeah. they don't have time to see each other anymore. And that's life. Sometimes you don't see your friends for months at a time, but then it's, they've got their like, you know, drum major Sergeant Pepper style <laughs> outfits on, you know, whatever. And it's time for the school festival. And like the breaker blows and there's no power. Uh-huh. They overloaded everything. And it's like, well, what are they going to do? People are, you know, it's school festival time. People are getting antsy. Like, what are they going to do? And, Bond is like behind the curtain and he hears Sen talking to one of them, basically saying like, well, I was just kind of doing this for fun because you guys need a favor. Like, you know, jazz is my thing. I've kept somebody waiting like long enough. Yeah. And Bond goes out and starts playing piano and Sen hears him or sees what he's doing, goes out on drums and they start jamming, improvising this medley of my favorite things from Sound of Music. Yeah. Um, Someday My Prince Will Come and Monin, the Art yeah. Blakey song that plays. And it's like... Bond is musing on like, you know, can we, can we get it back? Like, and Eureka is realized seeing them together and she starts crying as she watches them play. And like the sound is going out throughout the high school campus and people are rushing in to, to see what's happening. Cause they're just killing it. Like they're yeah. crushing as someone who I only ever played in one band in my entire life. Yeah. And it was with three of my best friends. When you are in that and you have those moments where like, you are making something together that is bigger than each of you individually. It's one of the most powerful things like in the world. And that scene in this show, this is why I know all the faults of this show. I know it's boring as shit. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's slow. I know it's a dumb romance in a lot of ways, but I will always go to bat for this show for that scene because, and that feel because this show knows what it's like to have that when you're like making something with, people you love more than anyone in the world. That's awesome. And it's a really beautiful thing. And 
while they're like killing it and crushing it and like he sends doing his like final roll like at the end to conclude it he stands up and keeps like playing as he's standing up you only do that as a drummer when you know you killed and i just thought that was the most like beautiful <laughs> beautiful touch and the first thing he does is like bond doesn't even know what's happening and then just jumps off the stage grabs him by the wrist and they run out together that's really nice there's and there are all these moments like that and there are high drama does come later since father comes back he's an american gi who does you know he's got an american father and japanese mother which is why he's got such a bad attitude because he was never really accepted by anybody except his stepmother the mom you see who cut shops up the watermelon for him yeah. is his stepmother he disappears at one point like there is it follows them basically to college right. age or no graduate they're adults when you listen don't say anything and he's like go back all right but more more for the listeners than, than yes. you but so kids on the slope rating wise i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten that's fair it was good it just it wasn't consistently good and there were some really boring parts i mean i mostly i wanted to give it to you not as a palate cleanser because i think we've been doing pretty good for a while i think i've been you know judging what anime to bring you yeah pretty well but just yeah. as an example to you and to the listeners that like we talk about what else is out there that's not just you know jiggly bits yeah it is out there if you want to find it it may have a very narrow appeal to someone only like me who likes music. who likes who really anime. wants to learn about jazz and if anybody wants to comp- buy me a copy of portrait in jazz by bill evans still haven't found that record at a decent price it was my birthday last week hit me up <laughs> Um, that is Kids yeah. on the Slope. You can find it, I believe it's still on Crunchyroll. You can probably watch it for free with ads. You can also find it on YouTube. Just spin that out there. <laughs> just not, just spin that out there. Oh, hey, it's there. If they cared that much, they'd have taken it down by now. Yeah. Updates. Right, Do updates. we have any? I have none. Cool. I've really only got one, and that is Black Mirror Back. Yeah. I've only watched two. And they've both been horribly sad? No. Oh. They have not been. One, dare I say, was almost optimistic. Oh my goodness. The two I have seen... Listen, Black Mirror is an anthology. You don't have to watch them in order. So I watched the first episode, because that's just what started playing. And then I watched the third episode, which is called Nosedive. It's the one that stars Bryce Dallas Howard. Right. Because another podcast I listen to is kind of having a watch party with it where they're going to talk about a different episode every week and that's the one they said they were going to start with so like i'll make sure i watch that one before monday the first one is i said i said i tweeted i hate people who talk about their own tweets but <laughs> i had tweeted that i that netflix money must have gone to the music clearances on the san junipero episode of black mirror alone because it's set in the 80s yeah it starts set in the 80s simple minds to pow robbie neville Club Nouveau. Wow. Later on in the episode, Alanis Morissette. Um, so much like legit music. Like you had to pay for all of that. <laughs> like that was not cheap. Yeah, that one is set. Basically, you have this these two women who are kind of falling in love for whatever reason, and it's set in the eighties. But then one can't find the other, and some dude's like, "Did you try a different time? Did you try the nineties? She likes hanging out there." And that's all I'm going to leave you with Ooh. as far as that. And what this, they always talk about, they can only stay for like, they keep talking about like, oh, it's almost midnight. Right. And then well, I guess I'll see you back here next week type of thing. Right. And then boop, and it'll be like one week later. Huh. You don't really know what's happening. I will, that's all I'm going to tell you <gasps> about it. That's so exciting. As I love as, time travel. As much as we always talk about 
is it time travel though? Oh. As much as we always talk about how, you know, spoilers are going to happen. Black Mirror is a show I will never spoil because you have to go into this show. Oh cold. yeah. Yeah. Um, that episode was sad, but not, oh my God, smother myself with a pillow okay. type of sad. All right. It was a bittersweet sadness. Okay. And yeah, that one was kind of happy too. By the time it ended, now that I think about it, um, it had a really like amazing, powerful scene. When you see it, we'll talk about it and give you people ample spoilers. And the second one, yeah, it was basically like the social media ranking one where like, yeah, it's the Meow Meow Beams episode of Community, basically. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? Yes. Did you see it? Yeah. It's that. It's like you rate every social interaction. Yeah. You rate the person. We would finish this podcast and I would take out my phone and go, good podcast, Kate. Boop. And give you five stars. And you, five stars? And you would give, oh, maybe four. <laughs> you would give. Wow. And you would give me like two stars. And, <laughs> and then everybody's got like lenses in. Yeah. And I look at your face and I'll see your name. Yeah. And what your rating is. And obviously people with higher ratings are treated better. They get better. You can everything from renting better cars to getting access to better housing to getting better jobs. Like it's all tied together. And it's about Bryce Dallas Howard for reasons that are unclear. She is leaving her current living establishment. She lives with her brother who has zero fucks for this whole system. He just right. hangs out with his hands down his pants and plays Call of Duty. Yeah. He, he's like a 2.4. Right. Because you know, he doesn't care. Yeah. She very much wants to move up. She finds this place that she falls in love with. She wants to move in, but it's like, it's really expensive. She's like, you get a discount if you're 4.5 or higher. Ooh. So she meets with like a consulting firm who like tracks her like. That's like, amazing. It's like, you definitely have an upward arch here, but like most of your interactions are like, you have a lot of like five star interactions with like service people. Like, yeah, they can't help you. Like, you need to get these core influencers type of thing. And her childhood friend is, like, a, like a 4.8. Right. And she's basically, like, that that friend you had from high school who's on your Facebook, but, like, you never talk to, you never interact with. It's yeah. just there. You, you got them. Oh, yeah. You've got them. I've got them. Friends, we've all got them. But the Bryce Dallas Howard character makes kind of, like, a nudge to her, like a play, and ends up getting, like, invited to her wedding. And, like... Oh, wow. The opportunity, like, made of honor, like, to make a speech. And she's like, if I make a speech to all these... 4.5 and hires and I get those five star ratings I am set it's an episode of Black Mirror how do you think it went <laughs> <sighs> leave it like that and, but this one was really funny and even though it ended sadly it didn't feel sad that's good um yeah because probably there was an upward swing on people trying to commit suicide after watching their show now I had posted like the screenshot of the Black Mirror title card saying like you know, hey, who wants to, who's ready to feel terrible? Yeah. And was surprised that I liked these ones so much, but people in my comments were like, did you watch this one? <laughs> oh my God, cry face emoji. And I'm like, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> so I think like the ones in between the ones I have watched yeah. are the ones that are like, oh my God, hang yourself. These are terrible. Great. Looking forward to that. Thumbs up. <laughs> anyway, that's my only update. Caitlin's glancing at the clock. She got a heart out today. Don't tell people that. I'm trying to be natural. <laughs> And also be like, I gotta get out of here. Soup snatch. Shut the fuck up, fat man. <laughs> I would never say that to anybody ever. You were thinking it. I wasn't. If you need to get at us for any of your social reasons, you can do that. Mostly at GeekDownPod, Twitter, Tumblr. We don't have an Instagram. Who cares? And the Facebook group, www. Oh, Facebook. Not, <laughs> oh, Facebook. But I was just excited because this is one of my favorite parts. That's why I'm giving you the opportunity to do it again. Go. 
www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Get at us there. It is the only way to contact Caitlin at all. Because I don't have the internet. Unlike characters on Black Mirror, she places no stock in social media popularity. Nope. Can't handle it. Can't handle it. My fragile heart can't handle it. And if you want to yell at me, I don't care. You can do it at Jordan underscore Ferguson. And that is just going to do it for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. We will be back here to join you for another episode next week, as we always are. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKibben. And we will be back here with you again next week. See you then. say that why are we not recording one white girl that's all i filled that quota all i have time for